Blog Talk Radio. Good morning to all our listeners out there in Radio Land. This is Leon, Leon Francis. I'm sitting in for Ivor. He's at work this morning, doing what he loves to do best, umpiring. Let's wish him well, and I will do my utmost to make sure that I live up to the high standard that he has set over these years. Just want to say good morning to uh, Dennis. And I tried bringing in Murchis a little earlier on, but her call came in and was dropped. 
So just don't know what's going on with these lines. Sometimes they act up. And just want to say good morning good. to all the wonderful people around the world. And today is a wonderful day. And it's, I mean, wonderful company with Mr. Dennis Seat all the way from California. California. Isn't that Lee, but California. Come on. <laughs> good morning to you, good sir. Morning. Good, good morning, yeah. Liam, and uh, I'm uh, happy to be with you today and looking forward to us, you know, learning some new things about cricket and uh, what is happening around the world and, of course, yes. being entertained as well on this Saturday morning show. Yeah. yeah. As usual, we're hoping to hear from Cardinal a little later on. Have no word yet whether David is able to because when cricket is on and he is umpiring, you know, seldom come on. But we will well, do our utmost to make sure that the show go on and give the wonderful listeners uh, a pleasant morning this morning. We hoping to hear from Phil, Phil Moore Hall Pike. Uh, he usually comes in, and we want to hear from hopefully hear from Lynette a little later on as well. She's over there in, in the beautiful island of St. Kitts and close to Nevis as well. But without any further ado, let me bring, you know, what is going on in Haiti. The present has me shut down and we just hope and pray that we'll get some semblance of um, some settlement in that country, Dennis. Over the I'm years, I've seen so many happenings in that country, so many things, earthquake, hurricanes, of course, the virus, and you name it, it's happening in in Haiti. What say you? I think it's a very sad going on down there, um, Leon, and uh, we're looking forward to hearing the outcome of what exactly has occurred and why it has occurred, and hopefully somebody will have some answers and some ways to uh, try and put things right. I know it's sad to see the uh, the, the president uh, losing his life and his wife now in very serious conditions in the hospital. And uh, really and truly, Haiti has had some very sad period of time over the last uh, few years, as you pointed out, with hurricane and uh, not just hurricane, but earthquake and other disasters taking place. So, we definitely have to pray and hope and look forward to the authorities being able to help us to get to the bottom of what's happening and resolve the problems down there. Well, in, in, uh, we have a song lined up just to talk about what David Rudders sees about Haiti. And that's the first one we're going to kick off this morning with. Haiti by David Rudder. Listen up. Thank you. 
Okay. Introduce the next song for me, Bless This Time, by, Den- by Alvin Slaughter. Bless This Time, Alvin Slaughter. Okay? Any other tune finishes? You just come right in. After the tune finishes, you come in with that. Okay? Yeah, I, I, I have it queued up. David Brother. Hey, T. Dennis, you have something to tell the folks, don't you? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning again. The next up in our queue is Blessed This Time 
song by Alvin Slaughter.
I don't know if you, you got your name from him, but this guy is awesome. What to you? It was a wonderful track, uh, Leon. Enjoyed it very much. And I hope that we were able to get a nice word of inspiration out to our listeners. Yes, indeed. And um, uh, he's my favorite singer, Alvin Slaughter. He's one of them. Um, just look forward to hearing him each and every time I come on. But the next one I have lined up for listeners, and we hope they enjoy this. This is by Butchu Banton. He calls this one Buried Alive. I hope we're not going to be buried. I am alive. 
Banton, just want to say good morning to Bernie Dickinson and your dear wife. We know that you enjoy the tune. I'll play it after my co-panelist introduces the next one. Yes, come on in. This was this was a wonderful piece by Bouillou. Not so typical of what I've known of him. I enjoyed it tremendously, and I have to tell you, I must make sure I have that in my library collection. Very yes, wonderful, indeed. inspirational. The next I one play is so second time, but you have something lined up for me, for me as well. So why don't you tell us the folks what is the next one lined up? Well, after after Bojo Banton, we're bringing you Hopeton Lewis. If only you knew the blessings, and I'm sure this will be another wonderful track. Indeed. If you only knew the blessing that salvation gave, you would never, never stay away. If you only see the table spread with lovely things, you would come to the feast today. For when the door is open wide and the Savior bid you come, there is nothing you have to fear. Be now wise and step inside and never be like those that throw their lovely chances away. If you only knew the blessing that salvation gives, you would never, never stay away. If you only see the table spread with lovely things, you would come to the feast today. For when the door is open wide and the Savior bid you come, there is nothing you have to fear. Be now wise and step inside And never be like those That throw their lovely chances away You would never, never stay away If you only see the table spread with lovely things You would come to the feast today For when the door is open wide And the Savior bid you come There is nothing you have to fear Be now wise and step inside and never be like those that threw their lovely chances away. If you only knew the blessing that salvation gave, you would never, never stay away. If 
if you only see the table spread with a lovely thing, you would come to the peace today. For when the door is open wide and the Savior bid you come, there is nothing you have to fear. Be now wise and step inside and never be like those that threw their lovely chances away. That threw their lovely chances away. That threw their lovely chances away. Yes, indeed. I'm sure you are amazed and excited about that tune. Talk to us. Yes, it's one, of my, it's one that I grew up listening to uh, many, many moons ago, and it was good then, and it is still great today, wonderful and, and very inspirational. Yes, indeed, indeed. Oh. just want to repeat Butcher Banton for my dear friends over there in... Now they're in, not in Cutler Keys anymore, but they're in Country Walk down there in Miami, Florida. Good morning to you, brother Leroy Lashley and sister Anne Lashley. We just want to play this for your listening pleasure. I hope you enjoy it. Once more, we bring up Butcho Banton. You know? Come on, Butcho. Don't, don't, don't. Don't be shy on me now. Yeah. Not not talking to me this morning. I don't know why, but yeah. I'll get him talking sometime. Well, he, he was wonderful first time around. Yes, so first time around. Smoothing his voice to give us some more inspiration. Okay. Okay, wrong number. Okay, let's let's go to our plan one for today then until we get that lined up again. We have well you know it's it's a wonderful day in my neck of the woods. I don't know about you, but all in all all is good. This is probably the best part of our day out here on the mm-hmm. west coast, uh, because it's early morning and the temperature is just a Cool 80 degrees that uh, we know the fire is to come as much as the sun rises and uh, the day grows longer. So yes. we're uh, doing our best to try and stay cool out here and stay fresh because it's a hot one forecast for today. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's a wonderful day in my neck of the woods too because, you know, the the weather is fine and just want to just substitute something for that in there. Bring back another hope, then, Lewis, and, and, uh, to keep it going. Good morning to you, Leroy and Anne. We hope you all are doing well. I know you are wonderful people. One day we'll come to meet you and see your new dwelling. Hopeton Willis, Will, uh, Hopeton Lewis sings another one for us. It is well. If I could count the tears that had fallen It would seem like an ocean to me And if my heart were a window you could look through 
dedicated to Anne and Leroy Lashley over the in-country walk. Determination to win 
I survived the worst of time. I survived, yeah. I was buried alive, but I'm still breathing. I don't know what tomorrow may bring, but I got a feeling. Oh, I just know I am alive. There must be a reason. I would give it one more chance. My heart to be there. Oh, yeah. they made a dip from one. But there would be two. In there are dead for all my life. They need to think they do. But I The Lord is my salvation. I whom shall I stay? I will stay alive, but I'm still breathing. I don't know what tomorrow may bring, but I got a feeling. All right, now I am alive. There must be a reason. I was given one more chance. Yes, indeed. Butcher Banton, buried alive. Definitely worth a reprieve there, Leon. It's worth repeating, indeed. Yes, indeed, Dennis. Great tune. Words are so appropriate. And I just hope that I can learn learn the lyrics so I can sing it. (laughs) All right. Let's hear from my brother from my own town. He is King Absinet. Sir Knighted for singing tunes like these. Come on in, King Unks up Pour the oil because Pour the oil. Come help the swoon the child. Help the swoon the child. Cover me with the blanket. Cover me with the blanket of your love. Lord, break the bread. Anoint my head. You're healing. Don't let another wound it. Another wound is closer. Don't let me die. When I was wounded. I put out a desperate cry for help, an injured soldier on my knees. Stricken and suffering, I cried out to God, oh help me please, don't let this wounded soldier die. 
Dedicated to all those who are suffering. Any problems healthy, health-wise or otherwise. Good morning, Casper Jarvis in Toronto. Judy Antonio as well. And my niece, Fiol Thorn, over there in Central Florida. Good morning, folks. In Satan's army, I fought on the front line against the king. A losing battle, I could not win. Now I surrender. Satan crept in to take my life. Don't let this wounded soldier die. Come on and pour the oil. Come help this wounded child. Cover me with the blanket of your love. Come, Lord, and break the bread. Come, Lord, and noise my head. I finish the healing to me. Don't let the noise of wounded Now Jesus has saved me, he gave me a chance to make things right, brought me from darkness into light, he showed me compassion, when he heard my desperate cry, and did not let this soldier die. Absinet out of Antigua, Dennis. I'm hearing and, hearing and enjoying a wonderful 
tracks you have lined up for us this morning, Leon, and uh, sometimes make you want to sit down and just rock and cool the dead chill out in the night listening to those wonderful chat sounds. Yes. I have another brother from Antigua. He goes by the name of Caution. He is uh, Antigua's best reggae artist. And he once played with third win- Trade Winds. Okay, they, no, the third world, I'm sorry. And we're just going to play this one. He calls it Thank You because he was stricken with um, prostate cancer and he has gotten some help from wonderful persons. And last day we had an opportunity to bring him on live and he made a great, great, great presentation and we're all happy for the young man. He's recovering and he is so grateful that he sung some wonderful tunes. Here is Caution. Thank you.
Well, you know, when I think about that, I think about the day that Jesus went out on Calvary and gave his life as a ransom for me. When I think on the words, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. I like to think that the very minute that he shed his blood, my debt was paid in full. And I want you to know today, when you had it all up, the full cost of real love is no charge. Oh, God. And here is one that I like so much, Gramps Morgan. Love of a woman like 
Uh, good morning. Come on in. Another lovely, another lovely, another lovely track there uh, to inspire and recognize virtue and uh, good things in our lives. I re- appreciate that one, uh, Leon. Well, Ivor is on, but I don't know he can listen, he can, but he can't speak. So just want to say good morning to you, Ivor. Hope you're having a wonderful time. We are enjoying the future. Yeah, good morning, good morning, Leanne. I'm dancing rain here as we speak. Oh. Um, I'm going to get away from the noise. I'm going to run out to the rain. I go someplace else. Oh, hold on, hold on. Okay, that's Ivor. We bring him in. Yeah, but walk, walk carefully. Yeah, what I'm saying is raining cats and dogs here, so we just got off the field. So Okay. <laughs> I think we're going to be off the field for a while because we're raining cats and dogs. But All I'm right. listening. And, um, yes, indeed. If I set the course, Leanne, I might be able to. To do Join that, um, the course a little later on. When you're ready for the birthday, if you're yes. calling me, if I'm ready, I can do it for you. Okay, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. In, in the next five five minutes, I'm going to play uh, your favorite artist out of St. Kitts. He goes by the name of what? Sir. <laughs> Sir Elimat. That's what I, I call him because he deserves oh, to be Elimat. Yes, indeed. Here to hear your brother from another mother. This is a message to all physicians at home and especially to those abroad. Good friend, Ramsey and Danny, take 
I, I imagine that uh, the uh, the rain down there is probably part of that hurricane band that's sweeping through the that part of the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely not cricket weather this time. No, no, it's all around the place. It's um, rainy. I'm glad for it because yeah. it helps me. Okay, I'm going to give you some light music in the background. Ivor, if you're ready, go right ahead. I got talk. Okay, he seems to have fallen off. Okay, let me bring him oh, again. Okay, I got him now. Yeah. Ivor, ready to go. Okay, yes, okay. I'll go, Leanne. Good morning, folks. This is the birthday and anniversary and events that would have taken place in this day. Compliment, Mr. Oddly what? They would have compiled all of this for us, the listeners. Well, July 10th, this is the 191st day of 2021. We started in New Zealand on birthday. We have Chris Brown, he's 47. Scott Cyrus, 46. Lane O'Brien turns 45. In South Africa, we have Bob Catterall, Jack Nell, Zimbabwe. Tanishi, he is, well, this is a long name here, Louisa Tanishi. Kanun Kol Kamwe, he's 26. Over in England, we have James Longridge. India, the great Sanil Gavaskar, 72. Australia, we have Austin Diamond. Keith Tadpole, we remember him. He's done 31 today. Pakistan, Munir Malik. Down in West Indies, we have the great Tony Kozia. He died on this day in 17. Hong Kong, we have Kim Smart. He's 49. In, in um, Holland, we have Jan Van Norwich. He's 51. John Calvin, French Theologian pastor, he was born in 1509. Jamaican athlete Herb McKinley, he was born in 1922. Middleweight boxing champion Jake Lamota, he was born in 1922 as well. Mahathir bin Mohammed, former Prime Minister of Malaysia, he is 96 years old today. May he live the other four to make the hundred. David Duncan, he was the first American, first African American mayor of New York City. He was born in this state in 1927. Arthur Ashe, African American tennis player, he, he would have attained three grand singles titles. He was born in 1943. African American actor Juan Glass, Barney Miller, he was born in 1945. Gregory Goodridge, Barbadian footballer, he turned 50 today. Sophia Vergara, Colombian-American actress, 49, one away from 50. Sundar Pichy, Indian-American tech executive, head of Google and Alphabet, turned 49 today. Jessica Simpson, American singer and pop star, 41. English cricketer Graham Booth, oh, we remember Graham Booth who batted like a West Indian. He made his first debut on this stage in 1975 against Australia. Singer late Sugar Midnight died in 2010. In 1553 we have Lady Jane Grey, 15 years old daughter of the Duke of Suffolk, proclaimed Queen of England, succeeds Edward VI, who proclaimed his half-sister illegitimate. She reigned for nine days before she was deposed by supporters of Mary. 
for that because I was fiddling my toes here. How am I going to manage this morning? Bring all these things and here is Iva came in to rescue me. But folks, we got to give a, a pause for a cause because, you know, Westerners did a unthinkable last night. So we're going to rally around them. Don't they? Don't let it just be running around. Make a difference. Hey, 
let's talk to you about we ha- what we have lined up for you tomorrow evening, but we'll just give you the the um, gist of what is to come tomorrow. West Indies versus Pakistan. I say Pakistan, but it's Australia. West Indies pulled off a dramatic win over Australia. West Indies in their first T20 match in St. Lucia last night. Matches were played at the Darren Sami National Stadium. The matches begin at 7.30. The first match saw West Indies being sent into bat and they totaled 144 for 6. Australia in reply. They were going good, great guns until, until West Indies dropped and had a haul of 6 wickets for 9 runners. Dismissing Australia for 124. 127, a great victory by some 18 runs. Wonderful, wonderful comeback. Can they keep it up? Hmm. I hope they can, but I'm just going to savor this victory until we start to lose. Pakistan versus England in the last match. And they were Pakistan score 141 from their 30. 5.2 overs of the 50 allotted overs. And England in reply scored 141 or 42 for one. And presently they are playing another match. Um, Dennis, I don't know if you can give us the score yes. in that. Yes. In that match, in that match, Pakistan chose to field first and England's at bat. They're currently 209 for seven. Uh, run rate of 5.7. Okay, let me tell you. Thank you for that, sir. And India are going to be touring in um, Sri Lanka, and uh, they will play in three ODIs, three T20, starting July 17th, and they'll go until the 27th. We just wish them well, and we wish the Sri Lankans well, and wish India well as well. South Africa, uh, obviously, going to be touring Ireland. The, the tour begins on July the 11th and will end the 25th of July. They'll be playing three ODIs and three T20s. India have a real great series coming up, five-test match series starting August the 4th, and they'll go until September the 14th. Bangladesh, they are going to be touring a day at touring. Zimbabwe presently, I don't know if you have the latest score in that for me, Dennis. I yes, should have acquainted you about yes. that. But ba- Bangladesh, in their first, Bangladesh in their first inning scored 468, a massive score with a really good innings from uh, one of the, the Bangladesh's uh, play 150 runs, I think it was, or thereabouts. Yes, uh, and in their eighty odd for in their second innings, Bangladesh scored two hundred and eighty four for one. Declare Zimbabwe two seventy six and now one thirty two in their second innings, needing three hundred and forty five runs to win. One thirty two for four. how many wickets? One thirty two for how many wickets? One thirty two for two. For two, okay. Yeah. Thanks a lot for that. Needing three. 3.45 to win yes. at the end of day four. And India women versus England women. Okay. 
Any updates on that? Of course, just let me give you the test match was drawn. The first test and only test match was drawn. And in the T20s, uh, in the ODIs, England won that two matches to one. And presently, in the T20s, there is, okay, the one on the ninth, England won that by 18 runs. So they are one up in the series. And the other match, second match will be played tomorrow, Sunday. Well, there's a match on right now, isn't that, uh, Leon, today? We're talking about England's women. England women? Women. Yeah, England women. Yes. Currently, it's... My apologies. Yes, there was one on Friday, and one will be played tomorrow, and the final one will be played on the 14th. So England are up one none in the T20 match. Thanks for that, anyway. And Bangladesh... And Zimbabwe, we just talked about that, right? Mm-hmm. We just talked about that. And Pakistan are going to tour in the West Indies. Their tour will commence on the 25th of July. And they'll go until August the 24th. That is, they'll be playing two tests and the five T20s. We're looking forward to that. But they're going to be rushing from Ireland coming out to, to the West Indies. Oh, and the Pakistan women are in tour and tour of the Caribbean. And the ladies team, well, we won. The ladies won that encounter three matches to zip in the T20s. And presently, they are in the ODIs. And the West Indies are winning the first two matches. The first, they won by some five wickets. The second, by eight wickets. And the third will be played on the 12th, that is on Monday. And the fourth will be played on the 15th. And July 18th will be the final match of the, of the tournament for the senior team for the Indians. And the, for the, uh, the Pakistanis. Okay. Um, the ladies, the A team for the Pakistani are doing a number on the West Indies A team, having won all their matches the Pakistanis have, have, and in the senior team, West Indies are winning all of their matches so far. So we just hope that things will continue to be this way for the West Indies as they try their utmost to reach the peak and try and win that World Cup. Okay, and let's turn our attention to to tennis. And over in England, Bati and Kaplitskova. Kaplitskova should be in on right now. I don't have an opportunity to pull it up, but Bati will be playing Kaplitskova. And the women's singers will also be playing the finals Vesmina and uh, um, Mertias Mertens uh, uh, some names that you had to pronounce then the men's doubles also be playing with Metik and Pavic versus Grand Novels versus Zabelos and then the mixed doubles will also be played and we look forward to the big encounter coming up tomorrow. That would be Djokovic versus 
Barry Keeley, Keeney, Barry Keeney versus Djokovic for the finals at Wimbledon. That should go on well, and we just hope that the young man reaches his 20th Grand Slam. That is Djokovic. He is deserving of it, doing well. The NBA Finals, Phoenix Suns versus the Milwaukee Bucks. And, of course, they are playing for the Larry O'Brien Trophy. And we're looking forward to see. I think the last time I checked, the Phoenix Suns, they were one up on the Milwaukee Bucks. And we just hope that um, Paul, young man Paul, will help them achieve that goal. Um, I'm with, with Phoenix Suns. Okay, we talked about that. Let's not turn our attention to another great sport because England will be play, facing Italy today, or is it tomorrow? And it's today. Tomorrow. tomorrow yes, tomorrow. And uh, what happens tonight? It's in the Copa Finals. The Copa America Finals will be Argentina versus Brazil. I know you're a Brazilian fan, fan but I, I'm hoping that Messi wins a big one. He has been winning in in um, the major or minor leagues, winning, not able to win the big one, not able to win a World Cup, not able to win the championship yeah, over in um, the Copa America. But playing for Barcelona, he has won quite a bit of titles, and we just hope that he can get one. I know we have... Um, the Brazilian, and they have a, a great followers following, and they are playing in Brazil. I hope, I do hope that Argentina can pull this off, just for Messi's sake. I just, I like the, his brand of football, and I wish him well. And I hope that we will live to be able, we we, we are able to set aside some more time to see. But tonight is a busy night because the Western is also going to be playing their second encounter. And these are night matches. Can the West Indies pull it off? I do hope so. But that's all I have so far. Um, Leon, before you move on, before you move on, we should remind our listeners that tonight Mexico will be playing Trinidad in the next leg of the CONCACAF trophy. Yes, yes. yes. Is it Mexico? Trinidad well. Yeah, Mexico, they're playing Mexico. Sure, it's Mexico. I thought it was. Mexico in the CONCACAF. In CONCACAF, okay. I wish them well as well. Good. Mm -hmm. And just remind our friends tomorrow that we'll be. Why don't you do that for me, Mr. Dennis? You have uh, some facts that I didn't pull up yet that we. About tomorrow and tomorrow's um, show and our special session we're going to have tomorrow? Yes, tomorrow we're uh, happy to uh, put the spotlight on uh, three distinguished Indian uh, players who will have birthdays during the yeah, month I of July. I want you to pause there because we have unearthed three other play, play, uh, persons to add to Ivor's list. You know, he's, he's um, building a team of uh, people who were born in, in July to overtake both October and September. So go ahead now. Yes, we, we are a spotlight on the anniversary, birthday anniversary of three distinguished Indian uh, 
Test player, Mahendra Singh Dhoni, Surav Dhoni, the most successful Indian test captain. We have Surav Ganguly, his birthday in July again, only Indian cricketer to win four consecutive Man of the Match awards. And we have Sunil, the great Sunil Gavaskar, July 10th birthday, only cricketer with test centuries. Partnership with 18 different players. What an achievement! Yes, indeed. Hank. So we're hoping to to put the spotlight on them. And folks, we're going to be ask folks to make their contribution along that line. Help us, you know, carry the good uh, show tomorrow. So that's it for me. And I uh, just want to just say welcome. Good morning to Cardinal. He's on with us, and Ivy is also on. And, of course, Dennis is on, and I am on, and that's about the gist of it so far. Morning okay. to Cardinal. Yes, good morning. Yes. Well, his hands didn't go up. I don't know if he's in a position, but Dennis, yes. yes good morning. Good morning. Week. Okay, good morning to you, Cardinal. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go and yes. greet your folks, uh, as you usually do, and... Yes. Go right ahead. Uh, good morning, Leon. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Ivan. Good morning. Good morning and, to you, um, mm-hmm. There's one little um, mention. I, one, one little point I, I, I need to mention in the mm-hmm. in the historical event, and that's the birth okay. of Mary McLeod Bethune, who was oh, one of the pioneers. Yes who's one of the pioneers for the education of black people in America. And mm-hmm. yes, that's the, that's the lady after whom the Bethune-Cookman College mm-hmm. is, is, is named. Um, she was born in, on July 10th, 1875. Mary McLeod Bethune. Okay. Um, and yes, good morning to all the fans, friends, and supporters of the Saturday morning entertainment show. And with particular reference to the special fans. So I go up to New York and say good morning to Matrice, Ina, Donna, Sharon, and Lady Bob Denizic. Matrice is not going to be in with us today. She's attending funeral oh okay and, and, and at this point i i'm going to say my uh, condolences to all the family members of a young man we knew and grew up with by the name of joe white wallace lavoie wallace call him joe white you know he was one of the prospects that we were arguing when we were youngsters who thought we thought we had had the the potential to make uh nevis side and maybe even leeward island side as a wicketkeeper batsman. But, you know, those were the early days of um, people from the country, and I'm sure every Caribbean island knows of that, not being selected for, for the island team. Um, yes, so my condolences to the family and to all of the uh, people from the area of the Newcastle, Brickhill, Butler's, and Fountain, Westbury, Mount Lully community. Let me go on down to 
St. Martin, where I'm going to say good morning to Irma Thompson. And they might be, you know, you know, they might be familiar with the, the person I'm talking about over there because, you know, the divisions over in that area are, are quite many. So, good morning, Irma. Good morning, Carlos, there in St. Martin. And they settled down, down pretty well. They, they have not have any outbreaks that are seriously, that is seriously threatening their population. You know, and they're creeping back in doing their partying. So good luck to the people over in St. Martin. But, you know, you join us here on the entertainment show, and you know the warmth is right here. I'm going to go on over to St. Kitts. I'm going to say good morning to Lynette over there in St. Kitts. And Lynette, I got to say, Lynette, thank you for the picture of the sour saps. I'm only saying thank you because I, I think it's a cruel joke for you to send me beautiful pictures of sour saps. When I can't get any in real life. But thanks anyway, you tried. I didn't I, I didn't I don't I don't think you meant to be mean. Good morning, Lynette. I'm gonna go on over to Nevis, so I'm gonna say good morning to Mr. Renford Door and the staff at twenty twenty vision. Our best wishes go out to Mr. Door for his recovery. We know he's at that we've heard at this point that He's got his own health, little health challenges in addition to, you know, the death, the recent passing of his wife. Good morning to people in Nevis and to Mr. Renfordo. And particularly, let me say good morning to Carmen Lady C. Griffin. Good morning to you. Continue bringing us the music and the entertainment. But join us here on the entertainment show. I'm going to go on over to the UK where I'm going to say good morning to Omel. Good morning, Omel. And she's, Omel is a great, great football fan. She listens to the, the cricket only when West Indies is playing, but she's a great, great football fan. So she's only keeping me updated on what's happening in the Europe. And I hear you talk about Brazil and Argentina. You know, one time in 1978, I was a big supporter of Argentina in, in the 1978 World Cup. You know, but I'm, I'm always I'm always a fan of Brazil. But since then, I've withdrawn my support for Argentina for personal reasons. So good luck to them in their encounter. Yes, let me get back to Omel. So she's going to keep me up to date with all that's happening in the cup and all of the, the football matters that's going on in Europe. Good morning, Omel. Hope you're listening to us here. On the Saturday morning entertainment show. I'm going to come across the channel and I'm going to say good morning to the people in Fort Lauderdale, particularly to Elimat, King Elimat, that is, hoping the brother is doing okay. I'm going to also say good morning to Marva Jones and my favorite celebrity, Tiffany, my little brother Malik, and little sister Tanaya. Good morning to you. I'm going to go on up to Oh, I'm going to go on down to the southwest Miami. And I'm seeing the people in Miami are still struggling with the collapse of that building over there on Surfside. You know, mm-hmm. recovering more and more bodies from the rubber. You know, it's a sad story. But, you know, we, we're waiting to, one, to, to see if it, if it was a tragedy that could have been avoided. Usually, things like these are. Like, like what seems to be the, the fundamental essence of, all, of this society which we find ourselves. Property, property rights 
seem to take precedence to human welfare. So, but we'll wait and see what the investigation shows. It's a tragic story, but it's one that is all too familiar. I'm going to say to the Southwest, good morning to you. Join us here on the Saturday morning entertainment show, and particularly to Jerome Cutner Richardson, who comes to you out there by way of Sandy Point. Good morning, Cutner, and the fans over in that Cutler Ridge area. I'm going up to Georgia. We're going to say good morning to Monique. Barbara Evett, and a special good morning to Tremaine, and hoping that she's recovering well. I also want to send out our best wishes to Barbara in her own challenges, and wish her the best of luck, the best of our wishes in her recovery. Good morning to you. And then finally, I'm going to go on over to Jersey, where I'm going to say good morning to my dear sister, Yvonne. Having a good laugh, but I, I know, and I'm sure, joining us here on the entertainment show. Cheer us up, Ivan. We love you. And to all the fans, friends, and supporters, we love you as well. Leanna's got a great show lined up for you, I'm sure. So get with us. Come on in and enjoy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Gardner. Before we jump into the meat of things, um, Dennis, you have anything to say before we go into? Yes, Dennis? I'm looking forward. Yes, I'm looking forward to yeah. the rest of the show, Leon. We have uh, quite a few items we can delve into, and uh, yes. you know, I'm looking forward to hearing Cardinal's uh, take on some of these issues, and of course, Ivers. And yes. uh, I think that uh, it'll be an interesting show to um, hear their opinion on some of these items we're about to dig into. Well, yes, I'm going to do a couple of quizzes just to see how you, what you, you, your thoughts are. England and Italy are in the finals of the European Cup Championship. Where do you stand, Dennis? Mm-hmm. Well, England I or Italy? I'm, oh, I'm definitely for England. Remember that uh, okay. England is Cardinal, my... Where England are you? <laughs> where are you, Cardinal? You're, I'm, if I sit and watch it, I'm going to sit in and hope that I... I get to see a good game. Right. I'm not picking sides in this one. <laughs> okay, how about how about Argentina? Well, I you hear it from Argentina and Brazil, Mr. Dennis, you're with Well, well, I think mm-hmm. um, Lionel Messi, you know, with his enormous talent tells us or shows us really that most of these sports are team sports. And it doesn't matter how great you are, one man cannot do it. And the fact that Messi has missed out so many times shows that he just does not have that team around him that's capable of, you know, building that uh, greatness in the finale. So, you know, I I, I would be rooting for Brazil myself, but uh, I'm looking at Messi to see how much he, dare I say, failed to make it again. Would you say that Neymar versus um, Messi? Messi. Uh, Neymar yes. has not won uh, a Copa America yet either. So, no, but, but mm-hmm. Messi has had a lot more chances and failed to hit the target. So I, I think this will be another opportunity for him to miss the target. And um, just briefly, can the West Indies do another number on uh, Australia tonight? Or was it? Uh, what was the difference? I don't know how many of you thought that West Indies could win. 
Uh, no, I, I for one uh, wrote them off and was composing my usual vitriolic uh, response. <laughs> after, you eat your words, after, as uh, it were. After, mm-hmm. after 10 overs gone, the uh, Australians needed literally 30 runs to win and uh, 10 overs to go. And, of course, such a magnificent piece of bowling fielding performance in the end. Pulled it out, so I catching, uh, catching too, catching some awesome yeah, catches. Yeah, feeling performance was wonderful, and they certainly allowed me to chill off, cool off a little bit after the tenth over there earlier. So, looking forward to the next game tonight. All right, so indeed, and you had you had some topics there that you want to see if you can pull Cardinal in. I want to talk about what Haiti. I want to talk about Haiti and the. Yeah. Assassination of the president. Uh, Gentlemen, yes, can we, 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 we yes, can do that. The question you want to is. start off? Yeah, yeah. That that's a probably good point to to start off with the assassination of um, the president Jovenel or Jovenel Moise or Moise or whatever, however. Now, Haiti, which seems to be more to most people to be a contradiction in terms, a contradiction in the in the in the whole complex of social development. Haiti was formerly known was was formerly a was in what we know know as Haiti was formerly a French colonial territory. That was called Saint Domingue. Right next door, you had Spanish colonial territory, colonial ter- territory called Santo Domingo. Now, Santo Domingo is now the capital, and the, the country itself is called the Dominican Republic. Now, in 1789, I should say even before that, but in as a marker, in 1789, the Haitian peoples stood up and declared their right to self-determination, something that we call independence. They declared their right to protect and advance their own sovereignty. And so in order to do that, they had to push the colonizers out because this was a revolution of black men in pursuit, I should say black men and women in pursuit of their liberation. This was a revolution for the liberation of a people who had been enslaved ever since the early part of the 16th century. Now, the Haiti, in 1789, in order to become the liberated group of people, they had to to fight against all, all of the architects of a form of slavery that we know now as chattel slavery, in which people of African ancestry were the main target. Of, of producing slave labor. 
So that program was promoted under the idea of the superiority of the white race and promoted concepts such as black people did not have intelligence to govern themselves. Black people did not have the measure and quality of intelligence where they could qualify as human beings. Black people could not be counted as human beings. Black people were benefiting from the European-imposed system of slavery. It was a benefit to them. And that system of slavery was part of a process that was called, from the European perspective, it was called civilization. In as much as it was orchestrated under the most barbaric circumstances that was ever known in the history of the human experience. But with, despite the military force, despite the violence that maintained the system of slavery, the Haitian people were among the first to challenge that power and declare their independence and created what is now known as the Republic of Haiti. From that time on, became the pariah of the white supremacy regime. Now, we've seen Haiti going through that turmoil since 1915, having established the Republic of Haiti, the first black republic in the midst of the enslavement of even Africa. This little group of people on this little part of an, of an island called Haiti, declared themselves a free people and demonstrated their capacity to govern themselves without acrimony. Haiti then became the distaste of the world. So therefore, in 19, having pushed out the Americans, the Spanish, the English and the French in particular to establish the independence, Haiti became the pariah of the white world. Now, in 1915, having operated the independence for a while amidst their, you know, the, the, the hostility from these so-called first world nations, the United States eventually invaded Haiti in 1915. Now, Haiti had to pay France, mm -hmm. I think it's $5 million in reparations, they call it, for France's loss of its property. And they said, look, if you, the, the other first world power said, look, if you don't pay this, we would not recognize you as a sovereign nation and any one of us can invade you, and none of us will have anything to say about it. So Haiti really needed to get its peace and build its nation. So they paid the reparations. They agreed to pay the reparations. But even after that, it was not satisfactory. So in 1915, the United States invaded Haiti stole the gold from its bank, 
stole its, its, its agricultural resources, stole its very soil from which the people made a living. And from there on in, became the white world again, became the architects of how Haiti was supposed to be governed. Finally, in 1955, they established their own dictator. In as much as the United States claimed to hate dictatorships, they established their own dictator in 1954 and 1956, Francois Duvalier. And from then on, Haiti has not caught itself because every time that it attempts to rise up, there they come again to press it down. You would remember in 1990 and in 1995, the United States that became the enforcer of white supremacy worldwide. Remember, remember John Bertrand Aristide, who was elected to be the president of 1890. The United States and its military forces and its security forces and its intelligence forces got together and deposed John Bertrand Aristide because he did to return the sovereignty of Haiti to the Haitian people. So they organized and deposed him. They did it again. He was elected again in 2000, and they deposed him again in 2004. And they told the world that Aristide had resigned, so they brought him out of Haiti and had him exiled in South Africa. So here we have a country attempting to assert itself, to revive itself, but the white world the world of white supremacy would have none of it. It's bad mm-hmm. enough that you have Cuba next door, which is the only independent country in the Caribbean as far as I'm concerned. You cannot allow Haiti to come back to its independence. You cannot allow African people to declare their independence and manage their own republic. So you do everything that is possible, particularly using military exercises to make sure that that doesn't happen. So Haiti has always been on that radar from since 1789. Over the period of time, they have established their own leadership in Haiti. So the country has never really settled down because the leaders, most of the leaders who are installed by the white supremacy regime do not work in the interest of the people of Haiti. They are not paid to do that. All this aid that you hear going to Haiti, that aid is going to a particular class that is commissioned to keep the Haitian people subjugated. So all of these things that you see going on are related to that. And I'm going to go back and say, when you see things like this happen, I remember Karl Marx. Karl Marx who says, all social antagonisms are born of oppression. So whatever you see happening in Haiti, it's a conflict of two things. One group of people trying to oppress 
and another group of people trying to resist that oppression. Now, the unfortunate thing is that, like I've always said, the most formidable barrier to the liberation of black people is the allegiance to white supremacy that is generated from within the black population. And this is what's happening in Haiti and creating this revolving door of, of, of leaders who are in service to white supremacy and are not in service to politics. Unfortunately, this continues to lead to turmoil, unrest, gang violence, and all that. Unfortunately, again, as sad as it is, the death and the assassination of the current president, Jovenel Moises, is right in the midst of this turmoil. It's only understanding that turmoil that has been created in Haiti since 1915 by the United States and its fellow um, um, white supremacists in the UN that you could understand the, 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 um, the exile of John Bertrand Aristide on two occasions and the death of Moisey and all of this conflict that's going on in Haiti. It's only through that you could understand why Haiti, a republic that was formed in the midst of the worst um, military activities to sustain slavery, Haiti was able to rise to become an independent republic. And today, in spite of its resources, it's still recognized as one of the pure, poorest places in the Caribbean. That contradiction could only be explained through understanding pressure that is imposed upon Haiti. Mr. Moise's assassination and the injury of his wife is part of that complex. It is a tragedy because we don't like to see lives lost. But if, the, if these white supremacist nations that form the UN would only leave Haiti alone and let it develop, let the Haitian people develop Haiti as they have done before, they have demonstrated their capacity to do that. If you just leave them alone, as Frederick Douglass said, they will rise again. Mm. But that would be to the discomfort of the white supremacy regime. That's my Dennis? thanks. Thank you yes, so much, Dennis. I, I know you have. I salute. Yes, no, I, I salute Cardinal. I take my hat off. That is a very deep, deep, and historical backdrop to the development of the land. You know, the country of Haiti. I cannot add any. Thing to what he said because I am very much um, familiar with all that he has relayed. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Haiti being one of the poorest countries in the Western Hemisphere, um, you know, the, the population of 11 million people with very little in terms of economic, um, what it takes to really run a country and what it does take uh, with foreign aid and so on is end up being uh, due to corruption, not getting where it should go to. Uh, 
one of the uh, factors that uh, has come to light, or at least being reported on this current assassination, is the fact that, uh, I should say two factors. One is that uh, the, the current president, or rather the recently murdered president, was one who had pretty much overstayed his term of office and was insisting on remaining in our power, much like somebody we knew who were recently turned out of office here in the United States. So that obviously created a few issues and problems. But more importantly, we are told that uh, Haiti has been a very convenient transshipment point or port for drugs coming out of the Colombian area and trans being transported to the United States. So it has been rumored that uh, the president was somewhat not uh, bowing to the demands of the Colombian uh, drug cartels and others to allow easy passage. And so he had to be eliminated. And the fact of the matter that you have 13 out of what, 20 of the assassins or the ones who've been arrested being Colombian, if this is true, suggests that there might well be some uh, connection between the Haiti and the Colombian and the drug shipment coming to the United States. But one of the really disappointing uh, facts of the development of Haiti is what has been done to Haiti back in the early days where France insisted on taking what they consider reparation. reparation. They had to pay to get their freedom, and France has taken all the wealth, the little wealth that Haiti has amassed, and I think for years I'm not even sure they've completed all the payments that they have to make to France. But France bears a tremendous amount of uh, responsibility for what is going on down in Haiti right now. And I regret the loss of lives down there, but as uh, Cardinal pointed out, there are so many baskets of um, unhappiness, abuse, mm -hmm. corruption, that it makes life very difficult for the people. I mean, today, people um, Haitian who have migrated to foreign parts have remitted more funds to support their family members back home than mm -hmm. foreign aid or foreign investment has been able to um, supply to the Asian people. Very sad, sad story indeed. And uh, um, thanks, Cardinal, for uh, the yeah, historical wonderful, wonderful commentary. Yeah. I just want to add something. Did, did not Haiti soldiers help the USA fought to ward off the English? Secondly, what is CARICOM doing to help? Is CARICOM just stay, standing by? You know, they should be opening their, their arms to these people from, from Haiti. You know, you have CARICOM. Go ahead. Well, you know, you, know, you know the tactic that is being used, and that tactic is being um, used on CARICOM. Our, our CARICOM leaders of today are a bunch of scary cats, you know, as little children, they say. They are intimidated by the United States. They, too, have their loyalty towards supremacy. So they are not saying anything about Haiti. 
They are not saying anything about anything that's happening in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. You know, you name them. And they are part of this enterprise of keeping the Caribbean down because they want visas to come to America and all this kind of nonsense, you know. So the, the, the character is not saying anything. There may be people in the Caribbean who might say things, not as part of, of any organizing body or anything like that. People like David Commission out of Barbados. People like um, the, the chancellor at the at Cave Hill, uh, what's his name? Dr. Hillary Becker. Becker? You, know, you might have commentaries here and there, but no real official statement from CARICOM as a, as a regional body. All of them remain quiet, and that is a travesty. You know? With the, the commentaries on Haiti, where I, the, where I understood Haiti and, and what was going on in Haiti was not in school. They just merely mentioned, while I was in school, they just merely mentioned uh, a, 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 an uprising, they, they called it, which ended with the, the arrest by the French, the arrest of Toussaint Louverture, who was the organizer of that uprising, and him being taken to France and died in a jail in France. We don't know why he did that. So there is a lot of speculation that Toussaint Louverture might have given up his life so that France could leave Haiti alone. There is that speculation. But C.L.R. James, the great C.L.R. James, gave us a, a great analysis of what developed in history towards the, the independence of Haiti. In a book he called The Black Jacobins, how Haiti rose from a colonially controlled territory to a republic owned by its people. And it tell, tells us how that angered those nations that relied on the exploitation of African people for their way of life. So in 1915, when the United States, and the United States occupied Haiti for 20 years, over that 20 years, it broke into its bank. But the United States never called, never uh, sanctioned for bank robbery. Stole its resources. That soil you see there in Florida City, you go down to Florida City and yes, those farms, child, yes. and you see a black, rich soil. That is not Florida soil. That soil come out of Haiti. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Right? So they, they, they make sure that Haiti doesn't rise again. There was a young man after that, 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 um, that after that 1915 to, 19, 1915 to 1935 U.S. occupation who, get up, who got up and said, look, we're going to restore Haiti. And the, 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 the U.S. military, the Marines, the CIA went in and they murdered the guy. They did the same thing to him that they did to Che Guevara sometime later. They murdered him and paraded his body to the streets of Haiti. They went out and took pictures of him, his dead body, put it on leaflets, and scattered the leaflets from planes throughout Haiti to intimidate Haitians into thinking, if you dare to 
assert your sovereignty and independence, this is what's going to happen to you. And that's a tactic that was used all the time. But there are some of us, the Marcus Garveys, the Bob Marleys, and so on, who decide, I am not going to be afraid. So every now and then, one of us is going to rise up. And that's what Aristide did. And so they went in and took care of him as well. This time they didn't murder him. Well, I don't know if they did, because Aristide is very sick right now, you know? Mm -hmm. And the, the, the tactics of murder, you know, is very different today than it was back then. So this thing is not, is not sitting well. This idea of Haitian independence, this idea of black liberation does not sit well with the white supremacy regime. So they would kill and destroy the individuals, the Marcus Garvey's, you know, the John Africa, the Malcolm X's, you know, the Louis Farrakhan, the Elijah Muhammad, who stand up and say, we are, going, we are declaring our independence. You know, you, 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 they want to keep this thing alive, that black people do not have this intelligence to govern themselves. So we're going to protect them with slavery. We're going to protect them with their enslavement because they don't have the intelligence to govern themselves. So they want to keep this thing alive. And you know what the tragedy is? That there are a lot of black people who agree with them. That's the, that's the real tragedy. You know? So all this stuff about, you know, the corruption and all this is instigated not just America, but the entire complex of what I call the white supremacy regime. That is the same regime that kept Mandela in prison in Africa for 27 years. That's the same regime that murdered Patrice Lumumba. That's the same regime that murdered Maurice Bishop. That's the same regime that, mur that murdered Walter Rodney. Not because the murder was done from within. It was instigated from without. And it exploited the allegiance to white supremacy generated from within the black collective. This is what's happening to Haiti right now. So you have all these conflicts going on. It's about conflicts of oppression. You know? So where are we going to go from there? Now, Cuba it has also been their pariah. And then they make it look as if Castro was their problem. But their problem is the Cuban people who have declared their independence, declared their right to self-determination. And so they imposed, they got together and imposed what they call these embargoes so that Cuba does not participate in the world economic process. You see? Remember that when I talked about Naomi Osaka, we talked about mm -hmm. the big four ganging up on her? Well, this is the same thing that's happening to Haiti. They are ganging up on Haiti to keep it poor, subjugated, oppressed. And let us not think that this is about Haiti. This is about all of us. This is about Africa. So if we don't step up and determine that we've had enough of this, and command our communion because that's 
where our power of liberation lies. Our power of liberation lies in our communion. And if we don't mobilize that communion, then we're going to be in a state of slavery. We're going to continue to be at a state of subjugation, subject to be destroyed in whatever way they choose. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see the West Indies cricket open the borders and help recruit people from, from Haiti or start a sport like cricket in Haiti. I believe in that country lie a lot of talent and we, we definitely can get something moving from that area. The Caricom countries can open their borders and let the, the, the Haitian come in because they are the industrial people. Some of these guys, these, these um, natives, can speak five languages. They're talented, hardworking, and you know you 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 can help them in the development. Uh, what, what are USA is doing? They help them in in, in their independence fight struggle against England. Uh, and what they get for them in USA invading them and taking all their wealth. The country is rich still, and the people are hardworking and industrious. So it's time that we 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 help our brothers, help them though. The outside Leon, we're in this cricket right now. Mm. We're in this cricket right now. Can I help? We're in this cricket right now. I know, but, but to get them involved, just to get because them involved. Yeah, get them involved. That's what I'm saying. Mm. If you read, if you read the CLR James Beyond the Boundary, he CLR James tell you, within this cricket as it's developed, within this cricket was part of the struggle for the mm. liberation of a people. Within this cricket does not have that character anymore. And that is why our players are performing so poorly. They have not cultivated the mentality that tells them we are not going out there to be second class to anybody, like the Viv Richards would say. We are not going to go there to stand second in second place to anybody, like George Headley would say, like Frank Warrell would say. We, our players and our administrators are no longer of that mindset, and that is why we are performing so poorly. We've got some of the greatest talent in cricket, and I don't think that there's anybody... In, 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 in our time, who walked onto a cricket field, who had the talent of Carl Hooper, not your... You, you can't no. talk about Dan Bradman, you can talk about Steve Waugh, you can talk about any of them. I don't believe, that is my personal viewpoint now, that any of them had the talent of a Carl Hooper. But Carl Hooper did not combine, synchronize his talent with a mentality that says, I'm going to walk to this wicket. And I think he had the capacity to do it. I'm going to walk to this wicket and make 400 runs without breaking a sweat. I believe Carl Hooper had, had the, the, the mentality, the skill and the talent to do that. I believe that Carl Hooper had the talent to make century against any battery of bowlers anywhere. But he did not combine it with the mentality to do it. I also believe Marlon Samuels had that kind of talent and skill, but he did not have the mentality to bring it to the forefront in the form of runs and, and, and cricket performance. You understand? So 
the mentality that drove us in these cricket to the top of its of its uh, of its um, of its performance is no longer existing in the Caribbean today. Not among the leaders of the Caribbean, not among the administrators of West Indies cricket, and not certainly not among its players. All right. So who did not help? I don't help nobody. <laughs> You can't uh, help yourself. You can't uh, help yourself. You may just find some talent there that is, is a, can, can be exploited. And you can find some talent. Well, so. I think, Carly, on the ICC has, has set up a, an American or area or at most Travis, well not Travis, but an American area of um, responsible for the development of the growth of the game in region. So I think this would be a matter for that group or the administrators in that area to look at and reach out to see if they can introduce the game down in Aki. I'm not sure that the game is played down there, but there's not many places that cricket aren't played. But uh, it would be up to the America's administrators of cricket, as designated by the ICC, to move in and uh, try to introduce or at least get the game, uh, you know, started as, as a matter of importance. Because, yeah. as you say, there might be talent. Down there. You might be tired, and uh, you never know. You never know what will happen. But Katie needs help. They need help, and you know, unless we join forces and help them, they're going to be subject. If you notice, every natural disaster that is happening in the world, Haiti has been touched by it: earthquake, hurricane, you name it. You know, pandemic. You know, every. Everything, man. Everything. Why? Why was this country so? I, I, I have a feeling that they were orchestrated by somebody outside forces. Yeah, they can be all natural. Huh? You see, Haiti, Haiti gonna suffer the impact of these things because Haiti has not got any defense. There is no reason why Haiti could not have developed its own resources uh, through its own resources and its the skill of its people. And developed a, 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 a society that is similar to what the Cuban people did. When there's a disaster, the Cuban people don't have to look outside any place. You know, they have their engineers, they have their doctors, they have the, and, and and they have done this against a storm of economic embargo. Now, <laughs> you, 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 you see what I'm saying? They have done this against the storm of economic embargo, but they are a sovereign people. They are an independent people. The, the white supremacy regime is not India dictating how Cubans conduct. But if you want to determine how Cubans con- Cuba is to con- be conducted, that Cuba is to be conducted according to the prescriptions of the white supremacy regime, you go to Miami and run your mouth. Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah, do that yeah. in Cuba. Yeah. You understand? You don't do that in Cuba. Cuban people have developed and are protecting and preserving their sovereignty. And that's why whenever there's a disaster hit, even someplace else, 
Cuba can send out a team of engineers, doctors, to help with that kind of thing. When they, when they suffer things, hey, they are together and they go about cleaning up, you know, recovery and on their own. Because nobody going in there to help them. Well, the Haitian people are fully capable of doing that, except that they have the foot on their necks. Yeah, yep. The foot of white supremacy is on the neck of the Haitian people. And we need to understand that. And CARICOM need to make a noise and say, take your foot off the neck. They got to be the, 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 the what's her name, Daniela Fraser and the little nine-year-old girl and, and, and the young man who said, take your foot off the man's neck. Mm-hmm. CARICOM mm-hmm. got to develop the courage to tell America and its white supremacy uh, cabal and its white supremacy syndicate Take your foot out the neck of the Haitian people. Take your foot out the neck of black people. Haiti is the, is the George Floyd of this era. And that foot has been on their neck from since 1915. Yes, sir. And yes, we ain't sitting by and yeah. anything. Except for David Rudder who said, Haiti, I'm sorry. But it's not enough yeah. to say I'm sorry. Wait, wait a moment. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, we played it up front. I was going to pull it up again, but you, you brought it up. But go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I so, was going to add. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was go going ahead. to add to, to what Cardinal has pointed out is the fact that Cuba, with its ability to take care of itself, um, became obviously the bogeyman to the point where Cuba sending engineers or doctors to help in any area, immediately we see a group rise up in opposition and stigma and lies and so on in order to um, stop the help coming in. Because I remember in the early, in the 60s and 70s where Cuba was sending doctors and engineers down to Jamaica to help with building the infrastructure. Before long, that became one of the talking points, which meant that the leaders of Jamaica was then being uh, prioritized as people that we're no longer friendly with, and we're going to start putting sanctions and other things because the Cubans were there helping. So if we Cubans were to attempt to help the Haitians, again, we have the specter of the same type of, uh, shall we say, abuse, the same type of um, insinuations and the same type of, oh, we don't want them down there. Why is that? Why is it that wherever Cuba tries to lend a hand is always seen as an attempt by the Cubans to not help? but the Cubans to take over. And I'm sure that is not the case. But that bogeyman always is there. We very seldom hear of any great happenings and problems down there in Cuba. But yet, as you pointed out, in a certain segment of uh, the United States down there in Florida, it seems as if you you can't do anything right down there. Mm -hmm. You know, so... Uh, again, Cardinal has his finger on the pulse when he, yeah. you know, 
shared with us that enormous wealth of knowledge he has on this topic and on this particular one, indeed. Yes, I remember a young lady, an author from Antigua, came to Miami and had they were uh, the book. Uh, it was a book festival they had down there, and she was uh, was on a panel, and she said something against the Cubans in Miami. My goodness. And you didn't hear the end of it. But let's hear David Rudder. Uh, we played it earlier on, but I think it's worth repeating. Here is David Rudder.
Some news from Wimbledon. Batty, she won the, the ladies' finals two sets to one. Yes. Okay. Yes. Can, can I segue into another yeah. topic? No, here just before, yeah. just yeah, just to say that the president of oh, okay, let me just stop this beat here. David, we would like to sing, and he just continue to sing without your permission. Um, president of Haiti, the president of the Senate has now been declared interim leader after the Mo- Moise's assassination. And that's something of note. As you were saying now, Dennis? Yeah, I just wanted to segue from Haiti. Not that Haiti isn't important, but I wanted to bring up another important topic of okay. interest right now. No, and yeah, yeah. Go on, go on. The, 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 the International Olympic Committee in a small measure of concession, has agreed to athletes making some type of protest. Athletes may copy the raised fist gestures of Tommy Smith and John Carlos from 1968 Mexico Olympics. However, the protest will only be allowed prior to the start of the competition in special areas. Now I ask you, why is it that for every ounce of concession we get, we have to pay a pound in price? There is no meaning to protest if it is relegated to the back room where only the four walls will be witnessed. Always, it appears, we are asked to give up so much to get so little in return. One other concession from the IOC was that athletes could wear clothing displaying words like peace, respect, solidarity, equality, but words such as Black Lives Matter would not be accepted. Mm-mm. No. I ask myself, why, what is it that is so threatening about the word Black Lives Matter? We get a little concession in one hand, only to have it snatched back on the other hand. We fought for the vote only to have some in the USA passing laws and rules to take away our votes. I guess that black vote matters would be just as offensive to the IOC. And Mm -hmm. that topic is one that uh, I guess maybe, you know, we can look at because the Olympic starts in uh, maybe a a week or two. And it's very, very Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. important. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah you know, that's so outrageous. You know, everything you, 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 you get a little inch, <laughs> they don't want to give you an inch, they want to give you a quarter inch. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But, um, what well, you? Mm-hmm. well, the overall social objective is to maintain that structure of power that is called white supremacy. And while people are thinking that racism is a, an incident of expression about hatred for another people's color or race, it is about time that we up the ante to understand that racial racism is an institutionalized mechanism of oppression that, uh, that facilitates the objective of keeping a people subjugated, keeping them in fear, in ignorance, miseducated, and with a strong allegiance to the white supremacy syndicate the white supremacy regime. So giving people a platform, it has been noted that giving people a platform to protest it, because that's what Black Lives Matter means. We are protesting white supremacy. We are protesting, we are challenging its validity. We are challenging, and they understand that. Make it worse now. As opposed to when Jan Carlos and um, Tommy Smith and the little Australian fella beside them, I later understand he was wearing one of the 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 the, the, um, the symbols that was being passed around at the Olympic Village, Mexico, in 1968. And when he got back to Australia, he was ostracized. He didn't raise his fist, but he was wearing one of the, the, the tokens or symbols of protest against the, the well, well what, what was called Stern at that time was the, 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 the disrespect for black life, including the Vietnam War. There was a whole protest going on about that in the 1960s. Remember, this is Mexico, 1968. Okay. Mm-hmm. The same year that Martin Luther King was murdered. Okay, so all of that and, and envelop that. They, they, they want to make sure that there's no voice of protest. They're telling you the same thing that they're doing. They say Colin Kaepernick should not make his protest on a stage where he's visible. Go back and talk in a little back room someplace. That's good enough for you. And so the Olympic the, 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 the Olympic Committee is supporting the suppression of speech that speaks to the liberation of a people. And because those people are supposed to be the people who have been designated the inferior race. Mm-hmm. So this is not, um, this explains to us that racism is not 
a little fight between two people on the street. It's, it's an institutionalized affair. It's an international affair. And, and I said that earlier when I, I reminded you that it's not just South Africa that kept Mandela in prison. The white supremacy regime that was supposed to maintain it globally helped to keep Mandela in prison. Five million white people can't stop 24 million black people. That's not possible. It took the old cabal of white supremacists, Britain, France, Holland, and their militaries and their intelligence organizations and, and, and their whatever other groups that they got in there. It took all that to keep Mandela in prison. So what we have here is an international body saying, we don't want to hear or see the voice of the expressions of the quest for liberation made in the public space that the Olympic Games are going to occupy. What better place to make it? You know, if, they, if, the, if the organizations of, of the Olympics were willing to understand the difference between a protest that is done, or I should say an expression, is willing to understand the difference between an expression that is made to subjugate a people and an expression that is made to, 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 to redress, to bring redress to that subjugation are different. If you can't make the distinction between those, then you are not worthy of organizing or administering social institutions. Mm -hmm. You've got to be able to tell the difference between an expression that denounces humanity and an expression that is made in respect of humanity. And the IOC doesn't seem to understand that. And so they say, we're going to ban all expressions, including those that call for the liberation of the people who have been oppressed, repressed, disenfranchised for the last six centuries. That's to say, shame on the IOC. Anything new on on that, Dennis? Uh, no, I fully agree with um, you know Cardinal. There, I I brought it up because it's it's a very concern. It concerns me a great deal, and you know that uh, we're being allowed to protest, but we have to protest under their uh, you know under their rules and regulations. And I don't understand how protesting in a back room can bring any kind of light on, on, on the subject. I would like to just put in here another um, paragraph from Michael Holding's book yeah, yeah. on the okay. subject. He says, um, I, Michael Holding says, I need white people to understand that white privilege means it does not mean you had a free ride. It does not mean that things are given to you and you don't have to work. 
what white privilege means is that whatever obstacle you come across, it is not because of the color of your skin. Black people hit obstacles before they open their mouth, before people recognize what they are capable of doing because of the color of their skin. Have that. So it is quite like clear that people take things and they twitch them into a format and into a, a, a slogan that does not mean what we are trying to explain to them. You know, the privilege, as Michael says, does not mean that you know you have a free ride. It does mean that you're not being subjected to all the obstacles in your way simply because of the color of your skin. And I think that kind of you know the old argument segues into the tie up. You can see from Haitia, 80s situation back from the 1800s, 1700s, right through to today. At all facets of life, you see how uh, things are being, impediments are being thrown in the way of prevent them from rising up from off the ground. Being, in other words, with put on the neck as Cardinal has so eloquently explained. It is there. We see it with Colin Kaepernick. We see Mm -hmm. it now with all these other um, Look at all the restrictive laws that they're trying to all the restrictive laws they try to enforce to make it very difficult for black people to vote. It's just no different to what what was going on in South Africa in the apartheid era. (laughs) <laughs> it's here, plain and plain and plain. So, Can we just segue a little bit uh, into the Chucks matter? Because that seems not to be solved yet. Are you are you through with that, or can we just segue there a little bit? In the Chucks, yeah, we can certainly. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, let's do that. But I'll, I'll let yeah, you the, take the lead on that one for now. Yes, the uh, what is happening? Well, we know the backdrop on this whole story that. Choksi claims that he was kidnapped, and now they seem, the Antigua government seems to acknowledge that he was kidnapped. And as a citizen of Antigua, in my view, it, he had the right to be returned to Antigua. And now it seems as though something sinister has happened, because how would, would, would they know to send a plane to, to Dominica? And I understand the only reason why he was not abducted again and bought that flight to India is because the money did not pass for the people who, did, who were to transport him. But the latest news is that he, the case has reached now the, the high court. And the guy is gravely ill, according to them. He's gravely ill, so... It's a, it's, a, it's a shame that people, human beings, are being treated that way. If you commit a crime and you are in a citizen, you have a right to, you have a right to your defense. You, if you say that I'm not a citizen and I'm, I was given a citizenship, I have a right to go to court and challenge, challenge what they're saying about my citizenship. And then when that expires, then you have the right to extradite him if you, you choose to do so. But it's not what is happening now. 
I don't know what Dominica is doing, what the world is watching on and see that this happens. If it were my brother, it was my myself, I wouldn't like to be treated that way. But just opening a little conversation, Cardinal, if you you have any more information about that too. Well, yeah, I mean, um, I don't know what the, the, the update on that is, mm-hmm. but I know from the beginning, and I'm going to say still, and it's as close to the end, that even if if if, if Mr. Chopsy is not a citizen of Antigua, he is entitled to something called due process. We, get, we, we give the name to it in our social administration. We give the name due process to a to a term as a term that says a person is entitled to the rights of social protection, and those rights should not be taken away unless they are made under a certain process. That's what due process means. You are entitled to certain means as a way of protecting or preserving your social protection. Gaston Brown wanted to wash his hands of that. I don't know if he got paid, but, (laughs) you know, school children say he did. Or some of his ministers or some of his agents were paid. But the, the, the issue of due process still stands. Now, I'm going to go back to, to Julian Assange. And first of all, but before that, I'm going to say, we hear about extradition. And we think that just because someone is accused of a crime in one region of the world that, and he is found in another region, the region in which he is found should just turn him over. That's not the case. An extradition is done with concern for the human rights of the individual. So, and so what has happened is a treaty or an, an agreement, a contract, has been put in place between countries to say how and under what circumstances the extradition should occur. Now, nobody is questioning, does, does Antigua have an extradition treaty with India? That's the question I'm going to ask. And did the kidnapping occur because Antigua did not have an extradition treaty with India? Inquiring minds want to know. No, I'm going to go on to say this. There's an extradition treaty between the United States and Canada. Yeah. But part of that treaty says if the person who's caught in Canada is going to be subjected to the death penalty when he's returned to the United States, they're not going to send him. Okay? The court in Britain 
in, in the attempt to extradite Julian Assange, the court in Britain say, hey, we are concerned about the protection of Mr. Assange's human rights if he's put in a jail in America. So we're not going to send him. You understand? Mm-hmm. Does, there is the, a treaty between the United between Antigua and India, which contemplates the human rights of this, of this gentleman. Did Antigua allow his kidnapping because there's, there's no treaty? Or just because Jackson Brown didn't want to, having given him citizenship, didn't want to look like a, a backbiter, a, a two-bit punk, to now turn him over. But he still looked like a two-bit punk anyway. Because the word on the street is that he knew, his officers knew, his agents knew that this kidnapping was going on. But money passed, and here comes the essence of corruption. So even if there's an extradition treaty, his, the due process has been bypassed in order to secure... What other oh, no. financial gains that were offered by the Indian jurisdiction? That's the suspicion. Cardinal, yes. how can you yeah. argue that financial, um, not financial, I'm sorry, the ju- ju- judicial process is not being followed? I mean, he is, the, you see, there are too many, uh, shall we say, false trails in this business with Chaksi because what I'm understanding is that he was first being sought by the Indian government for a scam involving a lot of money there in a bank and he fled this is what I'm saying. no no that's not that's not true he didn't fled well, because of that what, what, what that's what you heard right is, he, mm-hmm. yeah that he, he fled to the Caribbean Antigua and Barbuda where he was arrested for illegally no. entering Dominica. No, no, I, no, I, no, I, no, I understand that. What I'm saying is, he's currently in prison or in prison hospital in, uh, in wherever he is located in at Dominica. the moment. He's in Dominica. Uh, in Dominica. And the judges set dates for him to appear in court on the 17th of June, and he did not show up on the 17th of no, June. No, instead, no, no. Instead, we they sent to the court a signed doctor's note that he was suffering from mental stress and high blood pressure. So at the moment, he is still awaiting the judicial process and he is not being sent back. The judge will obviously be hearing the case. Regardless of whether or not there's a treaty, I think the judge in the long run will make a decision based on the fact. But what concerns me is that this is taking so long for all the facts to come out. There are too many false trails leading here, there, and elsewhere, and we're not getting all the informed decision, and only a court can bring this out in the open so we can understand exactly what's going on there. Now your turn, Leon. No, I, I, I don't get the feeling that he did not show up. He's, he's, they made a presentation for him because of his illness. But then the matter was passed to the high court. 
Mm-hmm. I don't see why, why he had to go that far. If you determined that the guy was was kidnapped, send him back to Antigua. Yeah. Yes, but the what has become of the boat that bring him? Let me ask you this. What has become of the boat that brought him to Dominica? The yacht that brought him or whatever so, brought him? They shouldn't, shouldn't they, they, these people be held and questioned? But, Leon, you have to remember that once he got to Dominica and the Indian government became aware of his location, they would then apply to the courts in Dominica to have him um, sent back to India to face the uh, accusation or charges against him back there. So that is why this is probably complicated matters to the point where, as I said, there are too many trails that needs to be elaborated and investigated before a decision is made. And the unfortunate thing is it doesn't seem as if we have any degree of, dare I use the word, competence in terms of following the breadcrumbs and explaining exactly what's going on there. I, you know, I think he is subject to the judicial process, but the judicial process is taking far longer than we would expect or like to see. The guy is a citizen of Antigua and Barbuda. He claims that he was abducted from his home in Boland and taken to Dominica. My question to Arlen Sunday, why, why was the boat, the people who brought him over with that boat was not questioned or held for questioning? They, they captured him. This guy wanted to to run from justice. No passport. He had no passport. His passport was in Antigua. If you wanted to go someplace, you wouldn't have gone with your passport and see if you can go into Cuba or someplace. But he he did not have that. What they do is injustice. It's really injustice. It, it, it's just just not. Yeah. It, it sounds like there are a lot of Hollywood. Uh, writing involved in, in, in what's going on here. And this is why the judicial process in Dominica must be allowed to do its job and, you know, follow the leads and investigate. We really do need a proper and a full investigation because who's to say that he wasn't kidnapped by other folks trying to do the, you know, sympathetic to what India wants. Or who's to say he didn't pay somebody to go through this and in order to escape from the clutches of the Indian justice system? There are far too many unanswered questions in this case, and a really sound investigation needs to be followed. And uh, I'm sorry, it's until we get that, we will be forever guessing as to what, as, uh, what is going on here. And, uh, don't follow this superficial readings that we're hearing and pleading because there'll be more underneath all of that. It's you. Back to you. I believe, I believe it, it warrants some deep investigation rather mm-hmm. than what we've just seen. You know, this is taking too long. It has taken too long. If, um, for instance, look at Jack Warner. Jack Warner, the football exec that was supposed to be extradited to the USA. Long before Chucky. They can't get him out there. Get him out of Trinidad. The USA wants him, but he's not. He's, he's doing the 
He's, go, he's um, using the process to to avoid being extradited. And the guy had a right to do that. So so that's Chucksy. And Chucksy was was taken from his home in Antigua and taken to Dominica. He, we need to know why the people who brought him to Dominica was not questioned or held for questioning. You have a, a passenger on your your airline or your your yacht and you brought him to a foreign country. You you aren't you responsible for him? In your boat, number one, how he came into your boat? That's one, my question. One, mm, one point of interest here, um, Leon, is that what I can tell, it seems the Dominican government will argue that Choksi continues to be an Indian citizen. They're not giving him priority as an Antiguan Barbudan citizen, but they regard him as an Indian. He's still an Indian citizenship, and India has entered into the judicial proceedings as a party in the case seeking to have him extradited, sent back to India to face the charges. I said there are just far, far too many um, facts or perhaps insinuations around this case which really needs to be outlined. And, you know, the sad part of it is that it's taking... So long. In fact, too long. In uh, fact, too long. Antigua should have had him there and let him go expire. Let let his um, court matters be, be settled because he had a right to do that. If somebody kidnapping, if they kidnap me as a citizen, don't I have the right to appeal to my country that I'm a citizen of to, to for help? They're not doing Maybe Antigua Maybe Antigua don't want. The, the stigma the guy, the guy, paid, the guy paid for his citizenship. It, 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 it's not, it's not, hold on, it's not a matter of whether Antigua wants the stigma. Antigua has a responsibility. Yeah. And both Antigua and Dominica circumvented, corrupted, and compromised the Mm-hmm. He has a responsibility to look out for the interest of of, of Mr. Chucksey as an Antiguan citizen. They didn't do that. That's no. circumventing the judicial process. Well, I've I've argued that yes. You that understand? Judicial... When when Mr. Yeah. Chucksey ends up in, in in Dominica, the Dominican Prime Minister, Mr. Skerritt, has a duty, a responsibility to call Mr. Gaston Brown and say, look, we've got one of your citizens in our jail. What do you want us to do? And then let Mr. Gaston Brown decide what he's going to do. Okay? We're going to send one of our ambassadors to inquire into this thing. But when Mr. Chucksey's lawyers showed up at the prison, the officials at the prison would not let him see him. Meanwhile, they had already beaten up the guy. You understand? The guy, when the attorney said him, the guy had bruises. He had a swollen face. He had a swollen head. You know, he was already beaten up. Mr. Gaston Brown should have undertaken. And even if Mr. Mr. Chucksey was not a citizen, but he was a visitor, in Antigua, 
Mr. Gaston Brown has a responsibility to see who come into Antigua mm-hmm. and encroach upon Antiguan people's uh, sovereignty character. and their laws to take somebody out. And I'm going to remind you again, and I think I said this way this, this before, mm-hmm. in 1978, Ronald Biggs, the author and the architect of the great train robbery in England in 1966, was holidaying in Barbados in 1978 or 79. Scotland Yard, who had been tracking him, but could not extradite him from Guatemala. Is Guatemala he was? No. Argentina came to think, kidnapped him, and took him back to Britain. Our good Mr. Barrow, who was president of and president of uh, prime minister of Barbados at the time, let the British government know, Mr. Biggs is our guest. You don't have the right to just come in here and pick him up and take him back. So bring him back here. This is not a, 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 a condition of whether Mr. Biggs was a British citizen or not. You don't violate a people's sovereignty. But you know what? Like I said before, earlier, the people that we selected as our leaders do not have the balls to protect our sovereignty. And we are calling ourselves independent nations. Gaston Brown does not have the balls to protect the sovereignty of Antigua. And whether he is doing it out of his sense of corruption for money, I don't care. He has corrupted the system. And to me, he is not qualified for leadership. Neither is Mr. Kerry. Cardinal, your indignation is noted. And I'm certainly not saying you're wrong. What I'm saying to you is there are far too many, dare I use the term, misleading facts and information out there, and a thorough investigation is required. And it is taking far too long to conduct this investigation. The whole process is beginning to look like a comedy of errors. And so we need to get serious investigation and information and facts about exactly what is going on here because there are too many red herrings hanging around here. But you are certainly correct, and I take your indignation, and I certainly do not um, attempt to um, you know, dispute your sentiments in that regard. But definitely we need a thorough investigation from somewhere. Somebody of some repute needs to stand up and get this matter resolved. On that note, and gentlemen, you call it, you call it, you call it a, a comedy of errors. Mm. I call it a comedy of corruption. Mm-hmm. And there is nobody that I see who I, who I have the confidence is qualified to undertake this. Not gentlemen, Dr. Brown that note. and his gang, nor Roosevelt Skerritt and his gang. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Colonel, thank you so much. Your final thoughts? Five minutes to... Three minutes to? Oh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you know, to the fans, friends, supporters, we hope that we informed you, entertained you, and educated you. And, you know, that's what we are about. So, Indeed. and I like doing that. So next week, I will be here. Be here with us. Yeah. Until then, have a great week. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And Dennis, your final thoughts? Yes, my thank you uh, all. And I say that 
farewell to our listeners for this week and invite them to tune in to the cricket shows on tomorrow, Sunday, and uh, hear our panelists discuss cricket and sports in particular. Right now, it's England 247 all outs and Pakistan 31 for two in seven overs. Hope to see you all next time around. Yeah, see you on the radio next week. Thank you, guys. Thank you, wonderful people. You you did a wonderful job to make the show uh, enjoyable and educational. We hope that all is well in your neck of the woods. Thank Ivo for being able to allow me to take the show for him this morning. It was a pleasure, and I enjoy doing it. Just want to just reiterate what we're going to do tomorrow. Six o'clock. Don't forget it. Tonight you got Copa America. And of course, England versus Italy tomorrow. And the final Djokovic in, at, at um, Wimbledon. And he's looking for the 20th Grand Slam. Until then, just here, Murchis has a word or two for us. She's not able to attend. She had a funeral. God bless her. And I hope that all is well from her neck of the woods and all the wonderful people who listen to the show. We enjoy your company as you say hi to us and hello. We're grateful to be able to bring it to you and hope all is well. Good night all. Good morning. Uh, good evening. <laughs> well, I did enjoy the show this morning and, uh, you know, all the other mornings, Saturday morning. And we'll be tuning in tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening on the Sunday evening show, 6 to 9 p.m. So come on, come All on. Right. Tell your neighbor we are on 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sunday. So on that note, I have bid you farewell so long until not goodbye. Talk to you tomorrow. Talk to you tomorrow as well. Have a blessed day.